tell you, we still don't have a handsome guy up here yet, but we'll work it on it. We'll work it on it. We'll work it on it. Well, I'm going to start off with just reading the passage for today, and it's Psalms 95, 1 through 6. It says, let me take my glasses off to read. It says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Man, I love that passage of scripture. Uh, one of the things that really jumps out to me about it is it starts off with singing. And I believe just to have a little insight about who God is can compel one to sing. But as the passage goes further, it begins to reveal some really profound things about God and who he is. And it talks about all that he's done, all that he's made and, you know, depths in his hand and these types of things. So then at the end, it says, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And see, what that says to me is that when you get or when we get a revelation about the greatness of God, it gives us the ability and the desire to go from singing, to go perhaps from praising to actual worshiping. You know, worshiping is a much more intimate place. And you have to really know God to actually decide, because it's a decision, to worship him. So anyway, with that said, I've got some great people coming today. And the next guy, he's a good, good, good looking guy, good looking wife, good looking guy. <laughs> I'm going to ask the weeds to come up and share uh, some things with you today about Thanksgiving and gratitude, if they don't mind. Thanksgiving without turning the heat on, and this year we said, let's just keep going. So we're, it's, uh, I see some of our life group friends out there, they're like, uh, you know, I hope you guys cave by Tuesday, but Kelly uh, said to, to dress warm in case, in case not. Um, yeah, you can see our, you can see our breath, and we got the kids bundled up, they can barely move, but, um, 
Yeah, we're um, we we are very uh, we're very thankful. We, we were just talking about that the last couple of days. Like, what would we even say when we got up here? And um, you know, as as uh, as thankful as as we are, and all the things that we could list, uh, I think that um, just like or, or let me say, like we we tend to take a lot of things for granted. Um, also, so like the thing about Last year, we um, you know we just pumped heat into the house and didn't even think about it. Just how easy that was—just a flip of a switch—and uh, and and just weren't probably rarely, if ever, uh, we're, we're thankful for that. Just in those winter months, and um, and so you know there there are a lot of things in our in our life that are like that that we just kind of we kind of take for granted, and we're we're kind of learning learning how to how to be thankful for those things and it's it's a process um but i, I think that i think that we we are seeing that we're seeing that now. um so i wanted to share quickly a verse that's been really important to to me and also to our family it's philippians 4 um, 4 5 through 7 uh, the lord is at hand do not be anxious about anything but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And uh, with that said, I'll, I'll let Kelly speak for a second. That's tall to see. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just thankful for, um, for Ryan and for his leadership of our family. Um, that is a verse that he reminds us of often. Uh, and also, uh, several months ago, he actually came up with an idea that has been really pivotal for us with regard to Thanksgiving. Um, he put a sort of burlap-y-looking paper, burlap can't be paper, but it's, it's sort of a brown, thick paper in this sort of scroll on the back of our bedroom door. And he, I don't know the engineering of, of it. I don't understand how husbands build things and why it takes so long. But um, <laughs> it, it's really cool the way that he set it up so that it kind of rolls and you don't ever, it just keeps replenishing itself. Anyway, he can, he can give you the logistics if you're interested. But he put a Sharpie next to it. And we started a list with the goal of counting, um, counting our blessings. Like that sounds kind of cheesy, but um, that was our goal was just to find really small things in our life that we could give thanks for. And um, the tricky thing about it was that when we came up with the idea, we were in a pretty happy place. Um, Ryan had just graduated his master's degree. We felt the Lord calling us to ministry. We were super excited for that. And we were just, man, that list was like cranking out. We were like, you know, up to 50 in no time. Um, more recently, we, and, and particularly me, um, have just gone through a lot of brokenness. Like I've kind of hit a season where I'm struggling with some things that um, that make it hard to fill that list. It's harder to fill it now than it used to be. Um, and I've been really encouraged, um, I think Craig shared from the Psalms, I've been really encouraged reading the Psalms that um, we don't have a book of scripture that whitewashes the Christian faith for us. Um, any of you who've spent time in the Psalms know they were written by really real people and really broken people. And so I have been so encouraged that when I open up the Psalms, some of the things that um, are true about this life, some of the things that are hard and are broken, 
you can find that. You can find people who are saying, everything is not okay, this hurts, this is painful. Um, but then the list is there, you know, and I stare at it. It's in my bedroom, so when I wake up in the morning, the list is there. And so um, I've just been so grateful that even in struggle, um, that list has been there. And, and the list and the practice of trying to find what are the small gifts, what are the things that are still true on a hard day, has shown me that God is still faithful. And I'm sort of leery of how we, we might, you know, use kind of cheesy Christianese about that. But I, when we know it to be true in everything else. You don't know how much weight you can lift until you work out. You know, you don't know if your marriage is strong until it's tested. Um, and I didn't know that my God was so strong until I started going through a really hard time, and I've just been really thankful for that. Um, so, just on a practical level, and I hope he's ready and not going to tear down the expensive equipment that we can't pay for. Um, yeah, this is our little guy. He's five, and he is he is five with an exclamation point. Um, and um, I, I, we asked him to come up here with us today, knowing it would be dangerous, but because um, filling out that list of thankfulnesses um, has really turned my eyes. Like, I, I look for them now. Like, even on a sad day, I look for things, and I, I'm listening, you know, for really small, like, little bitty tiny. I mean, if, if we would show you our list, you would say, really, that? You're going to give thanks for that. Um, but one day, I, I was really struggling. I was, I was cleaning under the kitchen table of the booster seat for, like, the 75th time before breakfast. I mean, yeah. Being a mom of two littles is not an easy job. And um, what I wanted to do was yell. <laughs> but I didn't. I just sort of got quiet and I put on some music. And um, I heard Beckham, just really, in, he was in another room. I heard him singing a little song. And um, I think sometimes, those of you who are parents know this, we sometimes make faith really hard and sort of esoteric and intellectual. And sometimes our kids can really open our eyes to what it looks like just to have that childlike faith and just to give thanks. And so I've sort of forced him to sing this for me several times, and I thought that you guys might enjoy it. So we're going we're gonna to let that take some.
come back up here behind that. <laughs> My Lord, that was outstanding. Um, you know, I really like that scripture also, to not be full of care or anxiety about anything. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God. It's a scripture that, that comes to me any time times are a little challenging. And it reminds me not to allow the challenge to consume me, but to immediately begin to pray and to make my requests known unto God. And the part that I like about it, it talks about with thanksgiving. Well, you're giving thanks because you're believing that God is going to respond to that prayer. So I've got another beautiful couple coming up. Um, Verl and Darlene Klein. And you guys can come up and share with you. And I love these guys with all the blazers on today. Man, even the little guy had one on. could say ditto, but, you know, there's just so much that I have to be thankful for. Um, I looked at the list uh, that Brett of topics, things that Brett sent to us, 
and there were things like how has faith aided you in adversity? Um, how has God provided for you and your family, um, relationships, um, community, and things? And, and, and I can say I am thankful in every degree of those categories because when I think about adversity, you know, me being um, a young black man raised in St. Louis um, in the time, I'm 61 years old, so I went through the civil rights era, stuff like that. And uh, there was a lot of adversity that I had to deal with. Um, when I went through college, I went to Northwest Missouri State University. I went on a football scholarship, and at Northwest, uh, there, it, it was common for them to use all types of uh, negative terminology in reference to minorities. Okay, and, and it, it was something that I just wasn't accustomed to. So, you know, as, as I was going through all of this, it was like, okay, what am I supposed to, how do I respond to this? And you know what, it was funny because my mother and father always taught me that, you know, you uh, conquer hate with love. And so, you know, I, I played football and um, I just continued to just go to school, do what I needed to do. Uh, when, when people would read, to me in all types of negative terms, I would just, you know, okay, go on about as humbly as I knew how. Sometimes it, I, I wasn't so humble. Uh, there were some altercations. But, you know, um, I thank God that I had that spirit of peace in me and that I knew who I was. Uh, and so it didn't really affect me to that degree to where I wanted to always lash out with hate. Okay, and, and when I left Northwest Missouri State University because I did play football, but some of those same people who used to refer to me in all negative terms were walking around with my name on their back because they sold our jerseys and bookstores. So that was a transformation. And, and when I left, it was like, wow, you know? Uh, so, and, and I think it was all because of Christ who lives in me. Now, when I think about my family, um, you know, my son and I, like my wife mentioned, that we have a blended family. Uh, and it was difficult, you know, uh, my son growing up in this era where everything was instant gratification and he wanted everything and he wanted it now. And me being old school, you know, it's like, okay, you have to understand here. Okay, I, I have rules. Okay, I have principles that we're going to live by as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And he, you know, had this attitude and we, we fought a lot. Um, he rebelled. Uh, he went through a lot of trials and tribulations. Um, and, you know, as he grew older, I, I can remember one day he was living with us and we had an argument. And, he, and I, I talked about the relationship. And he said, we don't have a relationship. And that really just cut me to the quick. You know, but as time went, you know, um, we, we made it through it. Uh, and then one Father's Day, you know, uh, he gave me a card. And this card said, on the card it said, Dad, I love you. It said, I'm glad that you loved me enough not to just let me be. And so, you know, when I think about that, I think about how the Bible speaks. And it is that God extended his love, love to us in that while we were yet sinners, so, I'm thankful for that. Then, yeah, uh, uh, my wife, 
and I said, you know, um, like she said, you know, we uh, we met and uh, it, was, it was interesting because we met at the skate league and I had known her for quite a while. Uh, and, but, you know, I was in a pre in marriage and so that went south. And then when I saw her, you know, I was thinking, I said, man, that's a pretty girl. So, you know, we, we started talking. So then we said, uh, you know, what are you doing? And she asked me about my family. I said, well, I'm divorced now, blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, I bet you're having a good time. I said, no, I, you know, I go to the movies by myself a lot, stuff like that. She said, well, I do too. So I said, well, why don't we go to the movies sometime together? She said, okay. <laughs> so then when we finished skating, I said, okay. And I just walked away. And she said, well, if we're going to do that, we probably need to exchange numbers, don't we? I said, that's right. So I gave her my number. And, you know, like we said, you know, it's been, it's been, a struggle, but we've got to a point, and she was a person who helped me understand that a marriage is not a contract, it's a covenant. It's a covenant, you know, and, and when you understand a marriage as a covenant, as a covenant and not a contract, you know, the world will accommodate you. It will accommodate you. You know, you think about divorce. Divorce is not, she said, she said that word, but that's a bad word in the house, divorce. It's not a part of our vernacular when we talk about our relationship. The world will accommodate you, no fault, joint custody, uh, you, know, you know what I mean, irreconcilable differences. They give you all kinds of reasons. But when you have a covenant, you realize that your marriage is like a triangle. Okay, here you are at the base, and God is at the apex of it. And the closer you get to God, the closer you get to each other. Okay, so I'm thankful for all of that. Now, more than anything, I'm thankful that God had a plan of salvation for all of us. That he stepped down out of glory, took on human flesh, hung, bled, and died so that I could be redeemed, so that I could be justified, sanctified, sealed with his Holy Spirit, and that I might one day realize the promise of eternal That's why I'm thankful. And I am thankful for this church, this community. I am thankful for all the relationships that we have, that we've developed, that we are developing, all the friends. Marsha and Fred, I could just go on and name everybody. My neighbor, Marsha Smith, my neighbor, Joan and Chris, all of my neighbors, all of my friends, my family. You know, it's funny because now I can see a lot of people in, uh, in my community and just a few minutes ago, I mean, not a few minutes ago, but a, a while back I saw Amy who sings in the choir once. And we've been going to the U City Commons for quite a while. And we've seen each other. And when we saw each other, it was like, wow, here we are. And now we are family. And that's what we talked about, family. And I like that because you see family. I call it UC family. It's University City family, but you see family. You see family.
a young lady that's going to come up and share with us. But I thought, interesting enough, their, their testimony reminded me of several things. Um, Pastor Brent had just gone through a series called The Call Challenge, The Adventure of Following Jesus. And throughout their testimony, there were various topics that we've gone through in their testimony. And I thought that that was great. One, following Christ, love, faith, baptism, I think she mentioned that, prayer, evangelism, community, generosity, and um, of course then there's that personal morality. But I just thought that it was good that in the midst of their testimony, all of these subject topics came up. Um, so without further delay, I'm going to ask Sister Pam to come up and share a testimony. You receive it. 
And if Jesus hands this piece to you and you just let it stay there in his hand, you'll never own it. But I received something from Jesus that I won't exchange for anything. You know, people think about birds being in a, in a cage and, and that bird is as unhappy. I, I'm this bird in a cage and I am just as happy as I can be. And this cage is love. And, and when the world and all of its situations, the news, uh, devastation, wars, rumors of wars, starvation, when all that comes to try to shake my cage, I can just be at peace. Because it can't get in. It can shake your cage. Oh, yeah. You know, the enemy's going to come to try to shake your cage. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the peace that you have, he can't get unless you hand over to him. So I tell him, I'm not afraid. I'm not sick. I'm not broke. I'm not broken. I'm not lonely. I'm not fearful. I'm not sad. But I'm peaceful. Filled with God's peace. And I'm learning every day to look for that peace. To hold on to that peace. See, when you remind yourself and the enemy of what you have, the scripture says, if we resist him, he will flee from us. You tell him, you can't have this. You can't even touch this. Mr. Bennett, he told me I was a hamburger. That's right. You can't touch this. You can shake my cage, but you can't get in. Can't touch this. God bless you. she talked about is peace and it made me think about something. It made me think about um, at the end of the day I'm going to have to go home and I'm going to have to go home with this beautiful young lady that I hadn't mentioned yet and for the sake of peace at the house my lovely wife Deborah. Everybody know my lovely wife Deborah? Stand up, baby. Wonderful. several days actually I was thinking about the word happy and you know generally when a word comes to me and it just won't go away it's an indication to me that I need to perhaps do a little bit of research um, a lot of times people say well you know I don't know if it's God or myself or you know the devil well I kind of gotten a way of ruling some things out. If it's about going into the word or prayer or good, then I can pretty much figure that's God. If it is, you know, a little frustration or, you know, my emotions are involved or, I, you know, pretty much that's me. If it's really bad, a thought comes to me, then that's the devil. So anyway, this happy kept coming to me. So what I did is I went to uh, a website called BibleGateway.com and I have a tendency to do a word search. So I did a word search from Genesis to Revelation uh, to see how many times happy 
was mentioned in the Bible. And there were 25 verses that, and this is the King James Version, that had happy. So then I went back through the verses and read them all to try to get a sense of what happy was associated with. And most of the scriptures associated happy with a relationship with God. A relationship with God. There were a couple that associated happy with either having wisdom or having access to wisdom. What we know in the New Testament, it says that Jesus has been made wisdom unto us, so those are actually still associated with God. So I came to the conclusion that if you want to be happy, you must have a relationship with God. And we've got one more couple that I'm going to have come up and share a testimony with you. And, you know, I have to say something about this guy because, interesting enough, I was talking to him out in the lobby one day, and I didn't know he had this in him. But if the choir ever decides to add some steps to their singing, he's the man. If you're wondering what that means, I was doing this in lobby. And there's also the two. Jason Fry, this is my wife Karen Fry. Um, we've been married for two and a half years, about six years ago. Thank you. It is an accomplishment these days, you know. Uh, about six years ago, we moved to India, and uh, Karen was two months pregnant with Ben, who's now here. He's five and a half, and he's back, or almost six, and he's back there. Um, we had got married and we had this interest of India. We both just felt fascinated by it and we wanted to do something good in the world to serve God and to be good to people. And we had a professor who was a Christian from India and he said, look, there's a lot of people doing different things around the world, but there, there aren't a lot of people working uh, to help Hindus who are following Jesus, but who are not necessarily leaving Hinduism to become Western Christians. So what if you consider researching that and maybe trying to get involved and you can find a community of people doing that? So we moved to India and we started learning language and learning culture and we got in touch with people and we started a business. And over the course of time, uh, we got to know some Hindus who were following Jesus and they invited us into their fellowship, and not just to be like some foreigners who showed up with a bunch of wisdom to share, but as just part of their fellowship as fellow followers of Jesus to learn from each other, uh, the one thing we really had in common was Jesus. And so despite vastly different cultural backgrounds, different value systems and all of that, we had Jesus in common. And so we could share our lives with them and they shared theirs with us. In the midst of that time, uh, Karen had been getting sicker and sicker. She had some health problems that were sort of just annoyances before we left 
for India, and she had gone to several different doctors, different specialists who had all told her at the end of all their tests, it's just stress, and uh, it's just a problem you're going to have. So while we were in India, of course, the stress level was rather high, and uh, she got she kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker, and to the point where we decided that the one thing we could still change to try to help her get better was to leave India. So we did that. We had some teammates that came uh, right towards the end of our time, and they we were the kind of people who didn't want to go join some other team. We wanted to go do something on our own. We wanted to start something new. We were rather entrepreneurial. We wanted that freedom. We wanted to be the leaders. And so we had mentors helping us, but we didn't want to be joining what someone else had started. Our teammates were different than us. They did not want to start something on their own. They never would have considered starting something on their own. They wanted to only go join an established team that already knew what they were doing and had already worked out what they were supposed to be doing. So they joined us. We kind of got them acclimated, you know, got them a jump start on cultural uh, knowledge and, and language and all of that introduced them to all the people that we had taken several years to get to know, and then we left. And uh, we came back to the States, and Karen was studying to be a dietitian. She still is, she's almost there. And uh, during her studies, after we got back, she came across a list of uh, symptoms for gluten sensitivity. And every single symptom that she had was on that list. And she got tested and found out she's gluten sensitive and now has been off of gluten for a year and a half and is healthier than she ever has been in her life. If we had not gone to India and started something new, our teammates who are there, there now would never have come. And they're actually doing a really, really good job because their personalities, their, their uh, gifts match the work. But they never would have gone if we hadn't already been there. We also probably never would have figured out what Karen's health problem was as quickly as we did without being in this place that added so much stress that it made her extra sick to where we actually, you know, delved into what it might be. Uh, and we feel like our marriage also was strengthened a lot through that process. There were some times where it got really rough. And as a husband, uh, as the guy who was out I was leading a business, I was teaching people, I was having great ministry, I had a lot of things going well, but at home I had a wife who was getting sicker, and God really used that experience to encourage me to put her first. And it's an easy thing to say as a husband that you put your wife above other cares, but when it actually comes down to making the decision, it's a difficult decision. And um, God used that experience to teach me a lesson that I'm still learning, but to help me leap forward a little bit and be a good husband. So we're grateful for those experiences. When I decided that I wanted to go to India, I knew that you served God and you had a relationship to God um, with God. But really, in my mind, those were two separate things. I. I didn't quite get it yet. I knew I had my relationship with God, and I knew that I wanted to serve God. So I was going to serve God in, by going to India, and I thought it would be a really cool way to serve God, by going to a foreign land and um, trying to do ministry and live life and communicate with people and, and help them grow in relationship with Jesus. 
And when I got there, um, everything for me, everything completely fell apart. And I went into this dark, um, deep, scary place um, where I wasn't really sure what my faith or my foundation was. Um, God let me go and he let me um, experience, okay, Karen, you want to go? You want to have ministry for me um, in India? Fine. You can go and you can go and do that. Um, and while I was there, God let me experience being broken so he could teach me what was really going on. And what was really going on was my relationship with God. And there he showed me what it meant to be in him, what it meant to be a part of him, to be his child, um, what it meant truly to have faith with him. And, and, and suffering that devastation and then suffering that, that hard, hard place, God got me to a place where I was finally able to con connect the dots, what it meant to have a relationship with God and what it meant to serve God, that they were really the exact same thing. Um, what mattered was being in God, being in relationship with him. And the outflow of that, the result of that, is the ministry to others. I didn't get that before. I didn't understand that until I was there, and he allowed me to be broken and experience that. And it, it would, I, sometimes I feel like I'm just, I'm so stubborn that he had to send me to India, or let me go to India to experience that, to find out what that means. But but I, I did, I learned, and I will forever be grateful, and I'm also looking forward to the, all the other ways that he has to show me what that means, what it means to be in, in relationship with him, and what the natural results and what the natural outflows of that will be, and I praise him for it, and I'm thankful to him for that. And lastly, we just want to say that now we're back, and we're glad we're part of this group of people worshiping God together. We want to learn from you, and we hope we have something to add to you, and thank you. Okay, praise God. That went really well, and we're right on time. And at this point in our service, uh, this is where we... Um, have a time of reflection or a time of prayer. So I'd like for the members of our prayer team to come forward. And in this time of prayer, you can choose to, you know, pray by yourself in your seat or if there is a desire to have someone pray with you, you can lift your hand and uh, one of our prayer team will come to you and pray with you. And you know, when we pray with you, our desire is to agree with you in prayer, uh, basically to add our faith to your faith so that we can get faster and uh, better results in Jesus' name. Uh, the other thing that we can do is we can give offerings at this time, come to the front and uh, sow a seed into the kingdom of God, into this work to advance what God is doing, to advance the vision. And also to take communion. And taking communion is uh, a wonderful thing to do. It's uh, just kind of a remembering of what Jesus uh, did for us and an acknowledgement of our covenant uh, with him. So at this time, feel free to uh, do whatever you desire at this point. 